welcome to the Extra Pass podcast presented by Melbourne United. I'm your host, Ben Hopkins, joined as always by my co-host, Adam Ballinger. Balls, how are you? Good, Ben Hopkins. How are you? I'm well. God, you got the full name. Yeah, well, you said your full name, so... And well, I guess I you. said your full name. Yeah. Another busy week at United. Uh, they're all, all busy during the season. They are all busy, especially a Sunday game going straight into work this morning. Long days. We've already talked about that, though. They're like, like you know, you steps on your watch. I'm not a big steps guy, but this watch takes them. I don't trust it that much, but it was like 26,000 by the time we were done with the game. Real humble brag from you. That's a lot of steps. That's a lot of steps. We're reporting. <laughs> People want to know this inside stuff. You are a legitimate journalist. Yeah. <laughs> But it was, it was a big game on Sunday, the grassroots game, especially for yourself, sort of wrangling kids and doing your normal activities. What was the game like, I guess, off the court for you? Yeah, well, it is a big uh, a big deal. Um, Nicola, uh, who's my director, does a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff to get everyone there, and it's cool to see everyone wearing their jerseys. And um, since I'm out in clubs and in schools all the time, you just you end up seeing a lot of the same kids and high-fiving them during the game. And um it's, it's pretty cool to actually, you know, my third year in to, to know a lot of the kids around. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're excited, man. They're ready to go start to finish. And even after the game during the signing, the line goes halfway around the, the arena. And you think of the people at the back, you're like, you know how long you have to wait. But they, don't, <laughs> they don't care. They're just standing there they're waiting to. Passionate United yeah, They fans. just want some autographs. They don't even know who's up front because you can't see them, but they, they don't care. I thought it was so awesome as someone who – played junior basketball in Victoria. It was so cool to see so many people, and we've done this obviously last year as well, but to see so many people come in all their local jerseys and, and really represent and just – it shows that, it shows the growth of basketball. Like I remember when I was a kid, you'd go to the odd Tigers games, but there were obviously a few lean years, and now to see where basketball is in Victoria, it's, it's just awesome. Yeah, and to have a round just kind of focusing on that is is, is neat. And we've got another one, round 19 against the Breakers. That's exciting. Hopefully another sellout. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I just think we can go straight through with sellouts. I, the only thing I don't like about a sellout is there's no place for me to sit at the, in the <laughs> second half to watch the game. So you got to you got to stand. I'm tired of standing. I told you 26,000 steps. You can't <laughs> expect me to stand the whole game. But, no, it is exciting. Back-to-back sellouts to open the season for the first time in United's history. I guess it just shows, one, people are excited to see this team on the court, and, two, I, like, well, I don't really have a two. People are just excited to see this team on the court. Yeah, yeah, and there's a buzz. There's an excitement in the arena. From the when we get there even early morning until everybody leaves, uh, everyone's happy and excited to be there. Yeah, I want to talk a bit about sort of grassroots. It was the grassroots game. Grassroots basketball, a bit different in America for you, Balls. Obviously, in Victoria, at least, we, you sort of glom onto a junior club and you play your junior basketball there. You might shift around a little bit, but you were telling me earlier off off mic that it's a bit different in the States. It is, yeah, much different. Um, and it's probably changed some now since uh, since I was there. But, um, yeah, even playing out here all through my time in the NBL, I really didn't understand what domestic basketball was or representative basketball was because it was just so foreign to me the way we've done it. So you just grow up and you just join a team. And it's the same idea. You want to get kids enjoying basketball when they're young. And if they want to take that further, it's up to them. But it was just YMCA basketball um, co-ed. And you're just playing with the same kids. You're in your elementary school. Um, And, I mean, my dad coached. You know, like it was just you show up. We practice once a week. Play on. Had to be Saturdays. No one does anything on Sundays in the Midwestern Bible Belt. That's for for church. Yeah, of course. Uh, That's the Lord's Day. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's when you go to church. Um, 
And it just, you know, I, I remember it fondly. Like I can remember walking into the gyms, you know, when it's snow outside, everybody's stomping the snow off their feet at the same place. And well, it's just, of course you remember it fondly. Your dad was the coach, so you were getting all the plays <laughs> called for you. He was not, uh, he, he was mean. He, he could be mean. <laughs> Shout <laughs> out that Mr. Young Bellinger. No, he's an incredible dad and coach, and he coached his whole life, coached a lot of baseball, but he never sugarcoated things for me, really. He would, he would tell me what I needed to hear. Did he have you out on the diamond as well? Oh, that's a sore spot with him. I, oh, I remember no, telling him the day, yeah, I quit baseball. Uh, I was good for a year. For one year, probably in middle school, let's say sixth grade. I don't know. I was good for that year. The next year, I got mysteriously scared of the ball. <laughs> I've got no hits for the season. The next year, I had to move up and against these teenage kids who could look like they were throwing the ball 100 miles an hour. And I did not want to go. It got up to the day where uh, you got to go try out. And I said, Dad, I'm not going <laughs> He tried to drag me out the door, and then that was it. I mean, you can't do it. If your kid doesn't want to go, you know, you can't You can't do it. That was the end of my baseball career. Gosh, it's a hard sport. They just piff the ball so hard. Yeah, and when they're on that mound, and when they're they're like three years older than you, they already have hit. Uh, they've already matured. We'll put it that way. It's scary. Well, you're a big unit. Surely you could, you could hit yeah, a few dingers. I did. I hit a couple. Of, I told you that one year I was good. I think I hit two, and that was my. Wow. Yeah, I know. You could have been in the show, man. <laughs> no, you're not, if you're scared of the ball, they won't <laughs> let you. They won't let you get in the draft. Well, at least one sport you weren't scared of the ball in was basketball, and we should talk a bit about basketball. Obviously, not the result we wanted out of Sunday's game. United going down by five to the Jack Jumpers in the grassroots game. Let's get into it a little bit. Uh, it, w it was an up and down game. It was sort of similar to United's first two games, especially in that first half. It, it was a grind, low scoring affair. You know, really back and forth. What did you see out of it? One guy who really impressed me was Ariel, again, just active. He had a career-high 15 points. He's, you know, affecting shots around the rim. What what was your way of seeing it? Yeah, I mean, that career-high is only going to go up. Um, yeah, like you said, he's super active. And just the pick and rolls and him rolling in some of those picks. And um, who's the little fella for uh, Tasmania? Jordan Crawford. <laughs> yeah, trying to stop his role was, was kind of funny seeing that difference there. But um, – you know, Actually, no, they played together. Did they really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they played either in Lithuania or Germany. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I mean, the way he's ruling in any chance you get, you just put it up in the air and he's going to go get it and dunk it. Um, I mean, we were never going to undefeated. No one expected that. Um, you know, at the beginning of the season, teams are trying to gel, teams are trying to figure things out. Um, you're trying to get rotations down, you know, uh, and, you know, it happens. You lose some games you shouldn't, you, you win some you shouldn't, and, um, yeah, it's just about you know, today's a day of reflection, I'm sure, by the team, and they're going to move on pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, another guy who made his debut, a former guest of the show, Ian Clark, got on the got on the floor, you know, knocked down a few free throws, hit some shots. What did you see out of him in, in his debut for United? I see, I see, I see. Uh, he, you know, I mean, he's a he's a he's a competitor. He's a he can play. You know, obviously, he's played in the NBA. He's done a, a ton of things, so I don't think he was too nervous and is probably excited for his his first game, but. Um, you just saw him get it going a little bit in the second half, I thought. And uh, he just looks like a guy that can just go off with the uh, kind of like CG. You know, he's a guy that's always there waiting. And at any time of the game, if he gets the right pass or he gets the right opportunities, he's going to get 10, 12 points and the game's going to be a blowout. Obviously, it's a it's an interesting way. And, and Dean spoke a bit about it after the game in terms of his rotations and who's getting touches and who's getting shots. There's so much talent on this team that it's almost it's a real challenge for for Dean to find who to play at the right time and who should get those shots. 
you know, you've played on some really talented teams. What was that like trying to find that right balance, especially early in the season? Yeah, and I, that's part of the, the 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 growing pains of of the team. Um, you know, every coach says it's a it's a good problem to have. You know, too many guys who are too good at too many things. <laughs> But uh, roles do need to start forming a little bit. And, um, you know, it's not as someone's going to miss out. There's only one ball. You know, there's only so many shots to get in a game. Um, you know, that's just something. A lot of those things, after five, six games, they work themselves out. You know, who's playing well is obviously who's going to play the most. And it's not always something that's obvious. It's not always them scoring baskets. It's defensive rotations and hustle and how they are in the locker room and things like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, as a coach, you, and you, when you, especially when you like all your players too, all these guys are good guys. You don't want to look down the bench and see guys who are just like who are dying to get in. You know, and there's just there's not enough time for everyone, but they usually work themselves out. Yeah, and especially I feel like just having an unselfish group. This is a this is a thing that I know Dean has drilled down on, and everyone in the team is is really happy with in terms of everyone's happy to get their shots in the flow of the offense, and no one's really hunting it. How important is that to have? let's say a guy like CG who is might be on a roll, might be hitting shots, but then come the second half might be content to work as a decoy and help open up things for other players. Yeah. I think, you know, it, those things kind of happen. Like he's, I, I guess content is a good way to put it, but like if he, the ball's rotating to him, he's always going to shoot him. He's mm. open and he always should. Um, but it's the sort of thing you're just finding the best shot. Yeah. Yeah. And the ball's going to find, yeah, the ball will find you eventually, but sometimes you get, you know, like first half was, and maybe they adjust in the second half. They just didn't leave him at all. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, it, these are the things you got to work out. And these are things that when you're winning, everyone's way more like ready to give up some shots and give up some opportunities for the win. And cause everybody's in a good mood and no one's, you know, no one's, you know, the reality of it, no one's jobs online or anything like that. But when you start losing, that's when even good guys turn into, well, I, you know, I've got to get mine. I've got to get something here out of this because if the things start going bad, that's when, uh, the camaraderie and everything starts to go too. But, um, I mean, we're, we're a long way from anything like that. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. I know you were obviously a guy who was just like, I got to get mine all the yeah, time. Yeah. All the time. Even when I, even when we were doing well, I was just Ten like, game <laughs> yeah. straight, give me the ball. Yeah, If we won by 20 and I only got like 12 points, I was just, uh, just in such a bad mood. The Why did I only get 20 yeah. <laughs> mid post catches? Yeah, I know. Like, come on guys. Well, we're going to go into a quick break and then get into eyes on the ball. I want to stay up to date with everything happening in Melbourne United. Download the Melbourne United app today. Filled with videos, audio and articles about your favourite team. It's the one-stop shop for everything Melbourne United. Download the Melbourne United app via the App Store on iOS or the Google Play Store on Android. And we're back on the Extra Pass podcast presented by Melbourne United and it's time for Eyes on the Ball. Now, I'll do a quick explainer because we sort of just threw to this segment last week, didn't really explain what it was because it just sort of seemed like we just kept talking about the game. Eyes on the Ball is going to be Adam Ballinger, our man Balls, giving his in-depth player's perspective on something that maybe the fans and maybe people looking from the outside may have not noticed from the game. So take it away, Balls. Okay, pressure's on. Um, I feel like I already just talked about the game now. i got to get more in-depth and more. People want to hear what you have to say. Well. You're a knowledgeable man. We'll see. We'll see how the numbers do on these podcasts. Um, Huge well, again. Yeah. <laughs> hundreds? Into the hundreds? Into the hundreds. Yeah, nice. Triple digits. Um, well, in the game, I mean, I don't think anyone who saw the game or, it, you know, anyone thinks it was a game that we should have lost or didn't have in hand. Um, and those are the ones that 
eat at you. Like those will keep you up at night. Um, now, like I said, no one's going to go through a season and not, you know, teams that win championships have games through the season. And they're like, man, we should have won that game. Um, and they're, they're learning points. Uh, and it's, it's better to have those early than late. Um, but do I think just how quickly on the court things can change? Um, if you were there at the game, you could probably feel it a little bit of just like, oh no, you know, what, what happened? We were, we were cruising. Like we were up 13 in the fourth, right? And we were up 10 with how many? Like probably four left. Probably four left. So at that point, even, even I was in the crowd, like we got this, what a great win. And then. So it's I don't your know. fault. Yeah. I mean, I guess I should have, yeah, I don't know, just put, put my shirt on inside out <laughs> or something like that. Um, yeah, but just how quickly it can go from things are cruising, you feel great. Um, not that anyone thought, oh, we got this under the bag, we can stop playing. But suddenly uh, it, things started to come hard. Like we, you miss a couple easy shots or you miss, I don't know, a couple turnovers. And then all of a sudden um, Tasmania is creeping back in. And um, it's just a weird feeling. Like that's why it's so hard to play 40 minutes. Like that's why coaches are always yelling you know, halftime, quarter time, at the end of the game, you know, play the, the entire game. The game is never over. Um, and I don't know, once once it kind of slips out of your hands, it's hard to get back. We couldn't quite get it back and just get that one extra bucket we needed to to stop Tasmania from, um, you know, the, their momentum coming. But um, I think that's one thing I saw, but also anyone who even didn't play basketball could have also seen. So what do you think, Ben? Do you agree? Well, I, I think obviously – when it did change and when Milton Doyle got on a run, I, I thought we actually did a really good job of defending Milt throughout the game. You know, he goes 10 for 26. And yeah. If you get to the end of the game and say, hey, Mil you're going to hold Milton Doyle to 10 to 26, you're probably going to be happy-ish as a coach. You know, that still means he's got at least 20 points. But you f we forced him into a lot of shots he maybe didn't want to take, forced him into a lot of tough shots. So there is something to be happy with there. But in the sense when he's knocking down those big shots, it's just really hard to stop. Um, I guess I don't have a, a professional player's experience like you, but that that were the thing. Excuse me, those were the things that I noticed. Um, but he's just a great player. Like yeah. he's a, he's, an, he's obviously an MVP candidate, and he's a player that has has success against any team around the league. I want to know from you when when you feel those moments in a game, and obviously you're in an environment where there's. 10,000 people there and the pressure is on playing professional sport in any means is a high pressure environment. What does that feel like? And how do the best teams avoid those moments and how do the best teams, I guess, get to those moments and make a change or make a shift? Yeah, I think, uh, well, I mean, as a coach, those are times you're calling timeout, you know, you see it all the time. Coaches call timeout to try and stop momentum. But then this is where the, the through playing and figuring out people's roles when it comes down, like everybody can share the ball, everybody can get a bunch of shots, everybody can be playing well and hitting shots. But when it gets to crunch time, usually you would have a player or a play that you go to that you feel really comfortable with. And in those moments takes the ball and says, they're not necessarily going to score, but they're the one that's calm with the ball. They're the one who's running the play and getting it to the right spots. And maybe that's what we're trying to figure out still. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not in the, the huddles either. I, I'm not around the team. But uh, that will come with, as the season goes, I think, is, is those kind of crunch time situations, finding the guy who's going to have the ball and those and who the whole team is behind and, and, and is uh, confident in, and uh, that kind of settles everyone down. And then you get that. Like, I mean, literally, it was one basket. We needed one thing to fall, one thing to go better, and they would have had no chance of coming back. Yeah, and I think that's, so ex that's something that's so exciting when you look at the rest of this season and you have 
Ian Clark, who's obviously just played his first game. You have Chris, who's shown it his entire career. You have Delhi, who's shown it across his entire career, especially his first year with United. And then I think an easy piece for people to forget about is Joe Lawalichul Jr., who hasn't played a game yet, but we've both seen him on the court. He's back to full practice and he's working his way back. He looks like a killer. And yeah. he's a guy that in his last season here, I remember vividly a back and forth throwdown against Southeast. And when we needed a bucket, he just takes it down the floor, absolutely yams it on Joe Chi, and we get a big road win, road win at John Kane Arena against yeah. it in a throwdown. So I think it's so exciting that Dean has all these options that he can turn to down the end of games. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, there's nothing but positives around the team, even with that loss. I mean, we just – you wouldn't want to be any other team in the NBL. Um, and we're first place, right? Yeah, we are first yeah, place. we're first place. Number one in defensive rating. I was having a look. We got the best – I mean, obviously, defensive rating is probably going to change throughout the season. But if we held on to this defensive rating, it would be the best in like 20 years. Nice. Let's just keep that going. Yeah, actually, do you want to just get Easy. on the blower to Dean? Just be like, hey, just keep playing defense like this. I'll have my weekly meeting with Dean oh. about my thoughts on, <laughs> thoughts on the team and, and what he needs to do. Well, I want to get your thoughts on, obviously, a big doubleheader coming up. Super important round for us. First, a Friday night road trip against Perth at RAC Arena. Can't speak. RAC Arena. And then we head home. Another Super Sunday game against the Bullets. Against Justin Schuler, a, a former assistant here in his first trip back down to JCA to play against us. How important is this round to hopefully go 2-0 and and potentially extend our lead on top of the ladder? Yeah, it's important. I mean, every round's important. I don't think this one is make or break in any way. You know, we could win both games and um, still have things to work on. We could lose both and still have things to work on. But, um, yeah, it's tough. Anytime you've got to travel to Perth, it's a long way, and then come back and back up um, at home. Um, yeah, I don't know. If you could choose, I don't know if, if it's better. I would probably choose to play home first and then go, then do the travel to Perth. I don't um, think we have that choice. No, I don't think so either. Uh, but you call balls. It's a tough game on a back end. Uh, no, actually coming back home, it, it is. I mean, the travel, it, it wears on you a little bit and there is a bit of a time change, but these guys are in shape. <laughs> they're they're not going to be tired and they'd much rather be playing than, than practicing. Yeah, and one thing that's so exciting about that Perth game, which I'm going to that Perth game. I'm so excited. I've never been to Perth. Are you traveling with the team and everything? I, yep. Another, Lockie, Lockie another and I traveling with the team. Will you be doing like four more podcasts there without me again? No, I'll, we'll do this <laughs> after the next Man, round. I never get to go anywhere. You're traveling everywhere. Stop getting so insecure. Uh, I would love to be back on a plane you've, traveling to again. You've traveled enough over yeah, your but, career. Yeah, I miss it. <laughs> but one thing that's super exciting is Luke Travers playing in Perth for the mm. first time. Obviously, they've got a passionate fan base. What's it like when you are going into in, an environment where perhaps this is something that you, you know, you experience playing in college, even going up against Michigan and going into environments where it's just like, man, the people are on you. What are those environments like? Yeah, I, th I found it much harder younger to uh, go into environments where you know they hate you. Um, but I don't know. Is there any ill will towards Luke, do you think? Well, I think. They're probably a bit salty that yeah. he came to. Hate might be a strong word. Yeah, they, they're, they're probably a bit salty that he came to a club that's going to help him progress to the next level yeah, rather but than it, stay with them. If it's a rivalry and you're going into um, the away game, it can be intimidating uh, when you're younger. I found as I got older, it was something I really embraced and enjoyed. Um, well, he he is, seems pretty laid back. Yeah, he's, though, a, he's a young vet. <laughs> this is his fifth yeah, exactly. pro year. He's 22. Yeah. This is his fifth pro I year. I know. He seems pretty laid back. And, you know, I don't know. It could affect I mean, It is different if that's where you – always played and you're going back to see a lot of people you know and you've been around um i don't know I mean, you know 
it's just how he's going to approach it mentally and, and then hopefully be ready for a backlash if there is. Because if he's not, it could surprise him. But I don't know. I seems like, he seems like too good of a guy to start booing. Oh, I, no, I reckon he's going to be ready for it. Yeah. Booing her and, and plus once he just hammers down a yam, just like he dunks on so someone. easily. He oh. dunks so easily. He just glides around. The I know. He's like Euro step, Euro step. It doesn't even look like he jumps and his two hands hanging on the rim. Yeah. But it's, maybe it's because he's just so much more aerodynamic. He cut the mullet. It's not as long, and it's he's not just as long. he's just gliding. The resistance is down. The drag is down. I think it's a tattoo. He just needs more. I was thinking he should just get barbed wire like all the way up both arms. Just be barbed wire mullet like that's his. Maybe you know. maybe you need to show him. Maybe just do it like draw it on yourself. I think it'd look, and come in and be like, hey, I, mean, I reckon this is a good look for you. It'd be a great look for him. Well, hopefully, Luke has another great game both on Friday and both on Sunday. So. Two massive games. If you haven't already got your tickets to Melbourne United's home game, Super Sunday against the Brisbane Bullets, 2 p.m. What are you doing? Get in now. Is it sold out yet? It is not sold out yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if it heads on that way. Let's sell all but one. Leave a spot at the top for me. I like going up to the top, (laughs) second half, sitting with the people and watching the game all the way at the top. But there's no spot. Like you You look up from the bottom, there's not one spot. So I don't know. I have to stand and watch again. Maybe you need to get on the catwalk. Balls on the catwalk? Oh, is that like above this? Yeah, like everything? little walkways up the top. Yeah, how do you get top? up there? I'll, I'll go up there too, but it's it, more steps. I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> too many steps for balls. Well, balls, I'm, so, I'm super excited for another big week of United Basketball, and hopefully everyone that's listening is excited too. Yep, enjoy the trip. I'll just be here. I'll, be, I'll, text, I'll FaceTime you. Yeah, FaceTime me from the hotel room. Yeah, no worries. Well, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next week for another episode of The Extra Pass.